comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Erwick is gone, the canisters are gone, we've got nothing here. Damn it! Hello, you are now in a secure channel and ready to listen to 24, the Jack and Chloe Adventure Cast. This is a podcast focused on the Fox television series 24 and its new mini-season, Live Another Day. I am mail clerk Aaron Newworth, writer for WhySoBlue.com and the host of the film podcast, Out Now with Aaron and Abe. With me, also from WhySoBlue.com and the NapTown Nerd, it is Special Agent Brandon Peters. Bang, bang. And from Cinema Maxwell, it's Senior Director Maxwell Haddad. Hello, everybody. The events of this podcast occur in real time. Maxwell, welcome back. Thank you. The uh, the mission was intense. I sustained a few flesh wounds. Was in the hospital for two days afterwards, but I'm I'm here and I'm, I'm happy to be as such. As long as there is no torture involved, I think that's a that's a good benefit for all of us. Uh, a little bit, but nothing uh, like what uh, Kate was subjected to. Yeah, we'll get to that. That was some uh, that was some business that happened in this uh, this episode. Um, let's see, what is this episode about? You want to uh, want to go over that one real quick? Yeah, I'd love to. Tensions between Heller and Prime Minister Davies boil over, and one of them decides to take matters into his own hands. Jack proposes a plan to locate Margot by using someone unexpected as his bait. Jordan raises suspicions about Kate's husband. All right. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of things happening in this episode. Um, I just want I want to say this out of, right out right out of the bat. I feel like I kind of called the Navarro thing. I didn't really settle on it necessarily, but I feel like I mentioned something about Navarro and Kate's husband being a, being a factor in future episodes. Yeah, yeah. We could go back and get the clip. I, I guess uh, <laughs> so. I was <clears> like, <throat> oh, well, so that's happening, I guess. <laughs> it was left field in a sense, not like, you know, it couldn't happen or I didn't, ex- you know, we didn't expect it, but it was left field like, oh, they're bringing this to us now? Yeah. Right. At this point in the episode? Okay. After, after just sustaining what I assume is probably a concussion. He's like back in the back in the office. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> has, def- it, it felt like it had nothing to do with the context of the episode, but it, it fits. But I was just like, oh, this is okay. <laughs> we, we'll add this now. I definitely want to know who's on the other end of the line. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah. And furthermore, and this is wild speculation, but I can't help but feel that because of the short epi- amount of episodes. And the way that the storytelling has gone thus far, I feel as if it's all going to somehow connect. Yeah, that wouldn't be that 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 would certainly feel true to Twenty Four fashion um, in terms of kind of major characters and how they're more entangled in the webs than you ever would have thought, as opposed to certain subplots or side characters that don't matter as much, I guess. Maybe maybe we're just being tricked into thinking he's a mole, and really there's an even deeper positive conspiracy we're unaware of yeah i'm not sure if he's like exactly a mole yeah completely at this point if what this agenda is but i mean yeah well it could, it could have been a scene to deceive us it could be something as simple as whoever's on the other end of the line kidnapped someone that means something to navarro and he's being forced to act negatively or it could be that they have some sort of good secret plot and and kate is unaware of what her husband's really up to but i i, I hope to to see it play out was the the voice was disguised right on the other end of the line That's, yeah that was well, yeah. It, like why was it disguised why does this person not want navarro to know who they are it was disguised. <laughs> my first thought was well that's mark boudreau on the phone i don't yeah. know 
you know, Bordreau's voice been disguised this whole time on the phone and we just didn't know it? Or, you know, <laughs> maybe he has an app. Well, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's friends with Ghostface. Yeah, exactly. Yes. There you go. Well, we'll get there. We'll get to that more at the end of the at the end of the episode. But let's uh, do a few announcement stuff here. Not not too much. Once again, unless you guys have some Jack Bauer news that I don't have, um, I don't think we've really heard anything on the front beyond like what the ratings have been. And you know, the ratings were improved this week from last week. It's definitely holding steady. Um, the fans are remaining loyal, and I think the scheduling of putting it in May instead of in um, uh, you know more in the middle of the traditional season has been a smart choice because amongst now all the summer reality shows are starting etc it's standing out as uh you know an hour-long a good hour-long drama that people can watch and enjoy without too much competition an action drama no less too yeah that kind of summer season where you get a lot of you know people anxious to see kind of big budget theatrics and you can get that on your tv on monday nights apparently too Mm -hmm. yep um, with that said, uh, for fans of the show Sleepy Hollow, we did get some news on that front. I know a lot of people, you know, that listen to this podcast likely listen to the Icapod Crane cast as well, which is the show that Brandon Maxwell and myself, of course, hosted, which goes over the show just Sleepy Hollow. Um, and, you know, jumped over here when they, you know, between, in between seasons to go on this show, see where we're doing with this. News with that, uh, it's returning September 22nd. We just received a word on that one. That's the official premiere date for Sleepy Hollow on Fox. And I believe it's, what, 18 episodes this season? Yeah, they bumped it up. Yeah. We'll see how that goes, I guess. I don't want to go too far into Sleepy Hollow, but something we praised about that show was, you know, the short season really led to a lot of fast-paced plotting. But uh, If the story calls for it, then by all means. If that's what Ichabod wants, then that's what Ichabod gets, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. With all that, let's uh, let's let's just move right into the uh, the episode, then. Let's get to, uh, what is this, day, day 9, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m.? Right. Okay. With that said, let's uh, let's jump right in here. After the re- after the you know previously on, we get to the the aftermath of the ambush that happened at the uh, Margot's fake house. I guess <laughs> we find Navarro is you know alive and I guess well he's covered in soot, but that washes off pretty quickly. I guess uh, he they you know they go over the casualties and whatnot. Uh, the uh, we get to the we get back to Heller and the prime minister. Uh, they watch the uh, the feed of what's happened at the with the sneak attack, and the prime minister's brought it. This is Davies, right? The name is Davies. I just like calling him the prime minister Stephen Fry, but Davies. He gets basically all the info of what's just went down, what happened. He wants to be kind of kept in the loop on things. And at the end of the scene, there's a uh, <laughs> there's uh, some discussion about uh, Heller's uh, Heller's condition, his problem. He, he Davies gets uh, some word from uh, one of his aides about a rumor of him having. Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's, yeah. I think it's the first time they actually use that word, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yes, yeah. Yes. I put that in my notes. Like, oh, they said it. <laughs> I thought they were going to skirt around it, and I'm glad it's finally out in the open. I think That's... more. I think it's more because it's an aide telling him rumors as opposed to saying concretely, this is what he has. So I think they're like kind of, well, not allowed, because who really, I mean, it doesn't matter that much, but it's. I, I think it's easier to kind of put it into words in that regard as opposed to saying, this is what Heller has. Well, and a lot of things we've, the whole season we've been praising for, you know, being the 12-episode season and things coming right out. This one took some time before they actually acknowledged some sort of what he has. Yeah. Because this is, what, six, episode six, halfway? Mm-hmm. Halfway. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of things have been, you know, happening fast, but this one, you know, but it hasn't been like a big deal in the scheme of things, but it did take its time to reveal. Yeah, it's, a, it's the kind of thing where... I don't want to say it's contrived, but I mean, it's, it's certainly a device that can be used at certain points, and it's obviously kind of a setup for how this might play into the plot later on. 
just having that information. But we'll see. Yeah. yeah. With that, uh, Jack is brought to Heller, and he, Heller basically gives in to Jack's requests. Uh, he, Jack says he needs to be on his own, he needs to do this thing, he needs to do a covert op, he has to have the supplies he needs and whatnot so he can get after the, the man who, uh, who, ha- who, ha- who has, uh, has done business with uh, the Al-Harazis in the past. The best part of this is, of course, when Jack requests Kate as a partner, and then when, Heller, when, when Jack's explaining who he needs, and he's told that Kate's like, out, out of the field, President Heller then speaks up. If Jack, what Jack wants, Jack gets. Jack get her for Jack. <laughs> Which... yeah. yep. I mean, there. I feel like there's been so many times throughout the whole series where you kind of wish someone would say that. Be like, look, Bauer gets results. Give him what he wants. What Jack wants, Jack gets. I don't care that he's wanted for treason by multiple by our country. I don't care that multiple countries. Want him to go to prison, put him in the field, cars, guns, weapons, no problem. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that. For now, we get over back to Margot. Mar- Mar- I was going to say Margot. Uh, Margot. 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 She says, what's the brother's name? I don't know his name at all. What? Jim. Uh, Jim? I, no. No, he just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't even... Ian. There it is. Ian. Got it. Okay. I might edit that. We'll find out. Uh, Margot goes over to Ian. Um, and basically sets things straight about the uh, about the plans here. Um, Ian insists that maybe it wasn't cool to kill Naveen in front of Simone, but Nargo basically slaps him and says, "You know what? <laughs> I did what I had to, <laughs> so deal with it." Which is just more fun, icy cold Margotness that's been enjoyable so far. Am I the only one that thinks the actress playing Margot's daughter looks like Emily Browning? Oh, I can see that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know, can't, can't yeah. differentiate the two in my head now. <laughs> you know, um, one thing I want to point out: the twenty fourth keeping tradition with. If you were a actual kind of speaking type character with maybe an episode or two, um, and you're on twenty four, if you get killed, you do get to come back for one more episode where they like show your cover body, up your body, or bagged. carry your body away. Yeah, so, yeah. the tradition's held up with Naveed. That gets back to the that gets to the next point where we do see Naveed get bagged and boarded. Um, that's my comic joke for the day. Um, <laughs> yeah, where, uh, that happens while Simone's watching, of course, and they're all saying, you shouldn't watch this, and I agree, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's cool to see, I guess. Margaret comes, is it, what, she got, like, a phone? She got some, she has a message on, oh, that's right, there's a, His sorry. His phone rings. His phone rings as they're bagging him up. Um, they answer the phone, or they listen, to, sorry, they listen to a message on, on Naveed's phone, it's his sister, and apparently Naveed said something about them escaping London, but we're not sure about the exact details. So Margot instructs Simone to go after Naveed's sister and find out what she knows. And if she knows more than she needs to, you need to do what needs to be done, which is always ominous and fun to be sold by somebody. So It's taking her, her chill factor down multiple levels even mm-hmm. more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially once we get to even... We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. That was my Skeet Ulrich joke of the week. I got it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that, was that was a poll. <laughs> moving on, uh, Mark introduces himself to Jack Bauer because why not? Um, he explains to Jack that I, I heard you talk to Audrey, and we get to that whole "don't talk to my girl" type scene with Jack, like using whisper intensity to deal with Mark and you know kind of go over it. He basically assures Mark that it's like, hey, she, she's cool with you, so don't uh. Back off. That's the, basically the, the message from that from that conversation. Um, but we do get more reason to be like, Mark, just leave it alone, man. Stay away from my girl, bro. Yeah. Let's see. The prime minister gets back on track with things. He's, he's led into the loop about Bauer, what's going on with him, and how he expresses doubts in this mission plan. But uh, And he is aware of President Heller's condition. 
Yes. Yeah. Which makes him question the choice to allow Bauer to go off on his super duper secret mission. Yeah, exactly. And in, in response to all this, he, he orders the MI5 to follow Jack on this mission. Um, so Jack meets up with Kate he, he, after she's basically frisked pretty heavily for some reason. Um, Jack and, um, Jazz, Jack asks about the kind of thing going on with her husband. He she, he tell, um, she basically she gives him about what she de- what he needs to know before he can be like, all right, I trust you for sure for bros for life. And then Jack explains that they're going after an arms dealer named Carl Rask. Is it Rask or Rasp? Rask. 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 Right. With a K. I had like I wrote it like three different ways in my notes during this entire episode. <laughs> I was like, what is it? They're going after an arms dealer named Carl Rask. Uh, Jack worked for Rask. Um, in the pat for the past few years, um, and informs informs Kate that he probably wants to kill Jack for whatever reason. Basically, the plan amounts to Jack is going to give Rask a bunch of money that he owes him through a bank account that Chloe has set up. And as soon as uh, Rask logs onto this account, it will download a virus to his computer, which will allow Chloe to see any interactions that he's had with the with Margo and the and the Al Harazi. Uh, hopefully, narrowing down the uh, the plan. Uh, moving on a bit from there, we get back to Audrey. Who Mark comes in basically tells Audrey that they met and it's a it's a lot of nonsense of uh, why why did you do, why'd you uh, why'd you go talk to him blah 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 which I guess sets up maybe a rift in this really I hope it doesn't I don't or I don't I it's these kind of scenes where I'm like yeah okay at least we're done with it now because we have a shorter amount of time but do you like these scenes with these with with the with the Pedros dealing with each other about Jack yes and no it it just it seems like a little bit redundant to the conversations we saw previously with Jack involved. And I think they're already doing a good enough job uh, allowing the audience to not care for or have doubts about Mark. So it wasn't necessary. Yeah, I'm on that same... I mean, that's why I'm kind of describing it as such, because it, it, do, it does feel like, well, this just kind of feels like chew leather, like just stuff. Yeah, on, on the flip side, and I didn't get to talk about this last week because I was on my mission, but mm-hmm. that scene last week where Jack and, and Audrey reunite was so... Uh, you know, sort of intimate and, and excellent that seeing how that those like emotions that are now at Audrey's head that probably haven't been there for a long time, seeing how that affects her and her relationship could theoretically be interesting. I agree. I agree with that. So I kind of see what they're going for. I just don't think they nailed it with this particular scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of Mark, uh, we get over to, the dirty dealings he had earlier on in the season where he kind of forged the president's signature because he gets a call from the foreign minister of Russia, who is, of course, at an embassy in London. And basically, Russian minister informs Mark that he received the extradition paperwork on, on Jack. Mark tells him that um, Heller has rescinded the order and the <laughs> minister of Russia wants an explanation, which he can't provide because he, of course, forged the paperwork. Mark BSs his way out of this scenario and basically says he'll get back to him later in the day. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm very curious to see where this goes because this is obviously going to lead to some sort of downfall for Mark Bedrill as chief yeah. of staff. Maybe he'll t- be turned over to the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> Just wearing a Jack Bauer mask and it's like, no, you yeah. got the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's perfect. The final scene of the season is Mr. President. You can keep Bauer, but we get. Mark Boudreau. <laughs> Silence clock. Audrey. Yeah. <laughs> you shame us more, Mark Boudreau. Audrey is tearfully the one that has to deliver him. I'm like, I'm sorry, we couldn't do anything else. <laughs> oh, boy. Jack Bauer, you've been awarded President of the United States. We uh, we get back to um, to CIA headquarters where we find Jordan spotting some inconsistencies with the code that Kate Kate's husband's been working on. 
and he suggests running some checks, but Navarro tells him to wait and focus on the drones, which is kind of the first clue um, right there, obviously, of what's going to happen later on this episode. Um, but anyway, moving on from there, and yeah, it does feel like, oh, that's a thing that happened. All right, okay. Um, but moving on, we get the back. I, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to say I do agree that it kind of came out of nowhere, but at the same time, I feel like each episode, we're at episode six now, they have made it a constant point to continuously bring up what Kate's husband did. Yeah. To the point where it, it, it became clear to me that it wasn't just backstory anymore. It was something that was going to become part of the story. So to now see it actively brought up, I was like, okay, I mean, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it could have, you know, obviously it's leading, it could be leading somewhere now, or it could have led into some kind of, like, Jack and Kate end the season trying to free her husband or something like that, or what have you. But which would also be kind of neat. Like, hey, we're going on another mission, guys. <laughs> Moving on, we get to Simone again. He, she's meeting up with with, with Farah, uh, Navid's sister, who clearly has no idea what her brother's been working on. We find that out pretty quickly, and she's there with her young daughter Yasmin. Um, and so we basically get to learn that Navid had a really cool family that he never he never gets to see again, which is pretty sad. <laughs> um, we get we back we get back to oh we didn't even go over what what uh, the pl- how else Jack's plan is going to work with Kate. Uh, I skipped over that. Basically, this, this is hilarious. This is hilarious. Yeah. Um, Jack is gonna pretend, or he's gonna. Basically, Jack was on a some sort of mission with this person Nils, um, where they had a lot of they had some kind of shipment to deliver, and they have to get money back to had to get money back to uh, Rask. This uh, something hap- whatever happened, and that didn't go down, and Nils is dead apparently. Jack's plan now is to say that Ch- he, he he killed Nils because he was turning in information to the CIA, and he's going to use Kate as the CIA operative that he captured in order to deceive Rask while he's, of course, getting this whole bank account thing set up. And with that, Jack has to put Kate in the back of his car after injecting her with, what is it? Unconscious Opia. There you go, Unconscious um. Opia. <laughs> something propopanol or something like that. Yeah, a drug basically that'll knock Kate out and make her so the bad guys cannot interrogate her. Right away, yeah. But... Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, <laughs> we'll get to that. But the best part of that scene is when Kate's like, after Jack asks, he's like, well, you don't have to do this, but, you know, it'd be really cool if you did, because we'll probably, but we probably will die, just making sure that's clear. And, and then Kate promptly says, you know what, yeah, whatever. And she just, like, stabs herself in the in the neck with it. And uh, Jack gives this look like, oh, that was pretty cool. Like, that's the look Jack has in his face. Which makes <laughs> I almost saw him in his head being like, I've met my match. It would have been surprised if Jack was like, you remind me of someone I used to know. Walker. Renee Walker. Anyway, uh, Prime Minister Davies watching, and you know his people watching Jack from a distance, which of course is not part of the plan. He sees Jack putting an unconscious agent into the trunk of his car and feels that Jack is, of course, turned against the U.S. Because why not assume that Jack Bauer, American hero, has obviously betrayed the first chance he got? And so he orders MI5 to basically go go on and take handle the situation themselves rather than tell anybody else, which has obvious amazing results. Nothing could go wrong with that kind of plan, right? So with that. Uh, Jack eventually gets to Rask. He's beat up promptly, but then he reveals what's been he, the story that he made up. Then uh, reveals Kate in the trunk. Um, she's immediately taken out, and and they're told and they're told that they have you know the obvious drug that you need to reverse sleep sleeping drugs. You have that whatever that. Drug Which is. is just the funniest. I'm I was the howling. Yeah, it was like we get give her the drugs. We can reverse that. That was like the line. It was like that's, <laughs> that's almost it's almost like the. The writers of this episode and the show are like toying with the audience. This one, well, I mean, we can we we'll get I guess we can talk about what we thought of the episode as a whole later on. But I do think this episode has a lot of ridiculous elements that 
aren't like frustrating, which is fine, but do like skirt the realm of like suspension of disbelief to an extent, which which I think twenty four. It, it, it felt like purposeful to me, though. You think like it, it like it was in on the joke per se of yeah, doing I, this kind of thing? Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but there is just too many moments all in this one episode where I felt like it was kind of winking at me. I, I have to agree with Maxwell because it was written by David Fury and he has a history That's- of. Being pretty self-aware without uh, being obnoxious. Pretty and kind self. Of being... I mean, if you go back and look at some of yeah. the episodes he did on Angel, I mean, yeah. he, he, I mean, he brings meta to a new level. <laughs> yeah, he's from the Whedon verse, and he he's written for he's been a twenty-four writer since uh, season five, and he was on season one of Lost as a writer and Buffy and Angel. He's the the mustard on the shirt guy from Once More with Feeling. He's and uh, in in the uh, Angel huh, episode okay. Smile huh. Smile Time. <laughs> He is the puppeteer at the TV show. Yes. Yeah. And that episode is wildly self-aware. Right. Yes. <laughs> well, no, I didn't. You know, I wasn't. I, I wasn't aware that of that of David, of David Fury's reputation. So with that said, I mean that makes a lot of sense to me because I, I mean, while the show obviously takes things deadly serious, there are a lot of things going on in this episode. They're like, all right, that's. I guess we got to run with this. It feels like it, it, there's a lot of time crunching again in this episode, which I think obviously makes sense to keep things moving but comes from a place where you only have so much time to tell a story versus having 24 episodes to really stretch things out, which is why you can get Kate, like Jack having a plan, executing said plan and seeing the end of that plan all within the same episode where normally you'd probably have two episodes to go over this whole thing. It probably, it usually, it probably cliffhanger on Jack, like getting beaten up and Kate being dragged out of the car and then go to next week where you deal a whole episode of Kate getting tortured, which is of course what everybody really wanted to see. Right. They'd spend like 30 minutes just parked underneath that tunnel with Kate debating whether or not she was going to get injected. Yeah, right. Here she's like, yeah, fuck it. Stick it in my own neck. Jack would tell a story about how somebody used to ask questions too, and now they're dead. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving <laughs> moving on. Simone Simone confirms that Naveed, that Farah, Farah was... um basically in the dark on everything. But that doesn't stop Margo from saying, you know what, she's a loose end, we gotta take her out. Then Simone replies, but she has a daughter. And Margo says, well, take her out too. <laughs> um, so, <Yeah. laughs> plenty of fun going on in the Al-Harazi clan. Um, gotta, gotta get rid of those people. Uh, they know nothing, but no loose ends. No stone unturned, right? Getting back to um, Torture Chamber 3000, Kate is woken up and hung from a ceiling by her chains, which looked pretty hardcore. Like, she's handcuffed yeah. behind her back and then, like, put onto chains, so she's basically, like, supporting herself with her own Just muscles. No, nobody uh, else had uh, lethal weapon flashbacks? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I had 24 Season 2 flashbacks as well, because this kind of situation happened to Jack Bauer in Season 2, where he was tortured, and I think he actually flatlined, too. Yep, yep, yep. That that's definitely correct. I remember that for sure. <laughs> and yeah, she's promptly tortured. The old knife to the leg, dump the water on her, and electrocute her. They're going to town. Dump the on, dirty water on. The dirty water. Yep, on her. Dirty. At first, I wasn't even sure if it was water. I was like, ah, oh, why do they even have a bucket of that lying around? Sludge. Yeah. This is less funny than we're making it sound. Yeah. <laughs> oh my, it's pretty intense. Um, with that said, Jack is meanwhile trying to convince uh, Rass that the money is on the up and up. And Rask is all asking Jack about people at the bank and testing him, and he goes to some great lengths. And meanwhile, Chloe's on the other end, like trying to confirm things so Jack can uh, tell Rask the right thing and not be shot in the face. Jack makes a makes a quick call on one question because Chloe can't look it up fast enough, and uh, manages to convince Rask that the money is on the up and up. And so a secure line is set up. There's a lot of things going. I gotta like there's like there's like three different things happening all in the same kind of plot line. Um, so while that's happening. 
they're they're torturing the crap out of Kate. They're, they're about to get a drill on her. On the outside of all this, you have Jack's guy, Belichick, whose name I finally memorized this week. He's like about to like he's ready to snipe the guys that are he's not the outside of the building for sniper rifle ready to snipe out the guys that that are torturing Kate. But that of course might compromise the mission for Jack. Um, but before all of this is gonna happen, Belichick is knocked out by MI5 and they all burst into the room and start a, a shootout ensues. Kate manages to break free of her torturing um, via some badass moves that are just fitting of any person that knows how to escape torture on 24. While the shootout is happening, like it, the shootout started to occur right as Rask only needed to press the enter key <laughs> and, yeah. um, um, and, and get the wire transfer going. But the whole thing happens. Jack Jack is involved as well. He manages to press enter. All this ensuing gunfighting happens. Um, eventually, um, Jack corners Rask um, before MI5 is uh, before MI5 is about to kind of take him out himself. And Rask is, he's hes not about to give in, apparently, because he grabs a grenade off one of the MI5 agents and promptly blows himself up in several agents, which is like, wow, that's horrible. Um, yeah, I was kind of yeah. shocked. I was i was shocked. He's like, wow, he didn't seem like a guy that would really need to take that that to the extreme. He seems like a guy that wanted to It makes you wonder him. just what exactly he knew. Who was he protecting? Yeah, yeah. And what would they do to him? <laughs> now, it's kind of violent, too. It's like... Like, yeah. parts flying everywhere. It was a, yeah, it was a pretty matter-of-fact, like, yep, that's a grenade going off, and everyone's in pieces now. But with that said, the second after this happened, Jack says to Chloe, I'm fine! And, like, moves on to the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe um, gets the... She she locates the information she needs, finds the, finds the number to a cell phone, which is... Is it Simone's cell phone? Like, that yes. she down? That's what it seems to be, right? That suggests with the way the episode was edited. Yeah. Um, so, like, they, they have some kind of connection. But, as all that's happening, Simone's dealing with, with Farah, with who, um, basically she, she can't come to, she can't come to killing both of them, because that's horrible. Um, so... Even though Margo wants her to, and Margo is a terrible woman. Yeah, I can't wait for the fall show, Margo Knows Best. Um, it comes on after Heller and, uh, and, uh, Davies star on the show Drone Brothers, which I really am looking forward to. Um, a lot of spinoffs coming out from the season of 24, apparently. Dro bros. Dro, dro bros. Um, but she she can't bring herself to kill Farah and her daughter and Yasmin. Um, but so she explains, you got to get out of here right now. Farah, obviously very suspicious, starts panicking, calls the police, which leads Simone to stabbing Farah and killing her instantly in a very CG blood effect moment. I That seemed like really like, oh, that's the best we could do on that one, apparently. I think they probably had to tone down the violence after the body exploded into pieces. Yeah. That see that's that'd be my assumption as well. Like I feel and like there was torture too earlier on. So yeah, probably... it's like yeah, it's I mean, much... they could have easily put a squib in her. It's not like they could. Excuse me, couldn't do it. It just probably was a censorship thing. Or, that, that's definitely my guess because it felt it felt like it was a last minute thing too. It felt so obvious, like CG. It's like well, all right, we could have done that a bit better, but. That happens. Yasmin sees this and is like, I'm getting out of here. She starts running away. Simone chases her. Neighbor chase, neighbor next door sees Simone chasing after this little girl. Is like, I need to see what was going on as well. So there are, there's three people chasing each other. I really thought Yasmin was going to get hit by some kind of car. But no, it turns this, out... It, yeah, yeah? This is another one of those scenes that struck me as like a little bit of like a wink, wink. The little girl's going to get hit. Oh, no! A double-decker bust! Knocks yeah. Simone over, and I shouldn't be like making light of the fact that this woman got hit by a bus, but it's just so ridiculous. No, I agree. It, like it, darkly comic. Almost it is dark. It is darkly comic. Yeah, it's the kind, and pretty much most scenes involving a double decker bus hitting somebody are generally played if, for some. If Jack Bauer had been hit by a double decker bus, he'd get up and be like, "I'm fine." His shoulder would hurt for two episodes, but he'd be back. 
I'm, th- I'm thinking even better. It'd be like, um, I don't know, like Hancock standing in front of the train just taking the hit. It'd be like, all right, like, this is happening, I guess. <laughs> That's Jack Bauer in a nutshell. Feminine stone. But yeah, so Simone's hit by a bus. She's out of it. She's probably not dead. We got we got some time, right? <laughs> but uh, you can't. You can probably got probably get a one more episode of Simone at least, right? We'll see. She, she didn't seem dead. She didn't seem dead. She just seemed pretty Jack messed has up. To, Jack has to find her. First. Jack has to find her while she's handcuffed in the hospital and start yelling at her. Where is she? Um, so we'll see. We'll see where that goes. And where's the girl? Where's Your mother will kill innocent people if you're not. Can't you understand? Hand over the codes! Can't you understand what's going on here? They have been, if that's what happens, they have been doing a decent job of making Simone's uh, uh, loyalties waver just a little bit. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean... I mean, that that terrible mother cut off her finger, killed her husband. It's like, yeah, I'll tell you where she is. Yeah, stabbing some skeezy hacker guy in the bathroom is one thing, but taking out kids, like, let's, uh, let's pull a Leon here and say no women, no kids. Anyway... Last thing, last thing we get. There's uh, plenty of references in this episode. Um, the last thing we get here, uh, we get to Navarro, which we've already talked about to an extent. But he gets a so he gets a phone call. He hi, he sneaks off somewhere and takes it. Um, he tell he tells mysterious voice about Jordan snooping around with Kate's husband's records and implicates himself in having to falsify records or whatnot to get Kate's husband involved in whatever he's been involved with. And that's where we end this episode. So, do you think that Kate's husband was framed? Looking like it. Yeah, no, I, I no doubt believe that now. Because, I mean, they're showing us that Kate's not very wrong on a, a lot of things. Yeah, that makes it especially. Do you think it's Adrian on the other line, that he's going to be gone for a few episodes and then a big reveal at the end of a that another def- one? And, and that's how Navarro had Chloe and why he had Chloe in custody? Very possible. Ooh, ooh, way to link <clears throat> it up there. Connect those <laughs> dots, eh? Yeah. pieces fit perfectly. Yeah, that's definitely possible. Because, oh. yeah, Adrian's out of the picture right now. Or but... it could be Tony Almeida on the other line. Oh, please. Just saying, it's possible. It was British, though. It was clearly a British person using the box, but... The classic cover that Tony Almeida's been cultivating for all these years. Yes. <laughs> He's Cockney! <laughs> Don't ever do that again. Um, okay. I'm Tony Almeida. What do we think I'm of England? I have a quick question. What do we think of Stephen Fry so far? This he's certainly been more active this episode. Than... He's so deliciously droll, isn't he? Yeah. Which is kind of what he's always good at. But yeah, I think I mean he's kind of an inspired choice to play the prime minister. And as frustrating as his actions were this episode, he almost ruined Jack Jack's plan. I like him quite a bit. And yeah. also, seeing pictures of him and Heller together in the same room, it's like watching Oberyn in the mountain, because Stephen Fry is pretty ginormous. That's, that's the thing. He is. A, <laughs> I, the, the, the thing I, I most took away from this episode, though, is that Kate Morgan is pretty awesome. Yeah, she yeah. continues to be very useful and um, very very resilient to... Um, Could go down as one of the best females 24 has seen. Yeah, she's being tested quite a bit. I think we'll see more testing on her, too, as well. Well, and obviously until, like, Audrey rips off her clothes and reveals, like, just nothing but, like, camo and and, and vests and knives and goes all goes to town on the Al-Harazis by herself or something. That would True. be cool. Uh, but, yeah, with that uh, highly unlikely scenario aside, uh, I think we've kind of discuss- we've discussed our thoughts on this episode overall, I think. Do we? I, I certainly like this episode. I think, like, I'm the one that may be down the most just because I didn't necessarily think of everything as... Somewhat of a wink, wink is more of a. Well, there's a lot of things happening this episode. But. I, I thought it, I thought it kept the pace with the last two. I'd agree with that. Like, well. and, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. The 
I mean, this this is a series that's always go go go, and especially with twelve episodes, it's certainly go 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 go. Um, so I, I feel like it, yeah, it kept moving. That's for sure. And uh, I like the idea of having things occur now rather than episodes from now. Makes the sh- it makes the show run better. It makes it keeps up the tension. Yeah, I, the pacing's definitely uh, keeping up nicely. There, this episode had the most contrivances of any so far, but I, I did feel like we would talked about previously. They were winking at us with those contrivances. Um, certainly not as good as the last two, but I'm still enjoying what's going on. I, I want to see Tanner again. I want to see him. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, be vindicated. Yeah, as uh, Brandon and I mm-hmm. said last week, we think maybe maybe they'll need a drone pilot, and he's the one man that can stop him. So we'll see. Sounds we'll... like, uh, yeah. The controls are linked to your fingerprints. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I think it also does like my thoughts on this. But I think it also does come from the fact that the last two weeks were fairly plausible. I think in everything that was happening, and this one just seems kind of outside of that realm. If that makes any sense, I feel like there's more. There was something more grounded about the previous week's episodes that you know kept true to the characters while also delivering some action stuff. And this one, it's maybe also, not so much. It's also the exact middle point, which is always sort of like a, a a dip, and then hopefully it'll rise back up, heading toward the end. Mm-hmm. Well, even then, if it's the midpoint, it's also like it'd be the part where twenty four like has to end on some kind of big bang, as like a mid season thing before like getting even more intense like it'd be like the sweeps episode or something if it was like a traditional television series right that's only one way to look at it. i mean that's obviously that's we're in a whole new territory with 24 being 12 episodes let alone starting in may as opposed to november or january so definitely all right well with that said let's do a little mole watch here uh, who, who we have a navarro aside i guess do we have a suspicion on who could be a potential bull yeah i might pick i pick adrian but you know he's kind of a bad guy already so would he really be a mole well i mean Involving himself, a, <laughs> involving an unexpected player in <laughs> events, I guess. Involving himself in a CIA matter certainly makes him a little more of a a direct in like mole and bad guy than mm-hmm. just like hacker that wants to fight for the good kind of thing. Gotcha, Maxwell. You holding strong with no mole or? I mean, beyond his obvious development with Navarro. <laughs> yeah, the Navarro development was pretty obvious. I'm not sure necessarily he's a mole in the traditional sense. Exactly. Because yeah. I feel like a mole in the traditional sense would be someone working directly with Margot Al-Harazi. Mm-hmm. He's definitely got something else going on, and I look forward to seeing who is on the other end of the line. I would say the two most likely culprits at this point are Adrian or Boudreau. Yeah, and yeah, I just probably stick with Adrian for now and see where that goes. See where see where the return of Michael Wincott comes from. Yeah, but the the best twist would be that Michael Wincott isn't playing a villain. Exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. All right. So that said, what's uh, going on with next week's episode, Brandon? Next week, Jack and Kate try to save the life of a key player tied to the threat. Jordan is ordered into the field on a perilous mission. Then, after Heller engages Margot to end her savage attacks. He faces a game-changing decision, and it looks like a lot of drones are going to be shot off. And we have the word game-changer, like our old show Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. But unlike Sleepy Hollow, these events will occur in real time. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that, Brandon. No problem. Okay, so with all that said, I think we are now nearing the end of our transmission for this week, so feel free to email us at uh, jcadventurecast at gmail.com or... Uh, Please follow us on Twitter and on Facebook uh, at JC AdventureCast and Facebook.com slash JC AdventureCast. We're happy to, you know, receive any input or whatnot. 
um, as well as on iTunes. We do have our iTunes feed, uh, the 24 The Jack Holy Adventure Cast, where you can leave reviews and ratings there. It'll help other people find the show, of course, and help out our show, and just make us feel a little bit more satisfied about doing this, because I know we're certainly having fun talking about 24, but if you guys, you know, had anything to add to it, that would certainly be welcome on the uh, iTunes page. Um, and with that said, uh, Brandon, where can people find more of your work online? Find me on the Jack and Chloe Adventure Cast. And, uh, <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> you can find me on uh, Twitter at BT Peters, my blog, Naptown Nerd, which is naptownnerd.blogspot.com, and why so blue, why so blue.com. Awesome. Maxwell? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemaxwell, uh, and visit my site, cinemaxwell.com. And you can follow me at Aaron's PS4. You can also. Uh, follow my personal blog where I write movie reviews every week. The code is Zeke.com as well as at YSoBlue.com, just like Brandon, where I also review Blu-rays and movies and do other various things over there. I think that's the, uh, that's the, it's gonna have to do it for this week's, uh, episode of 24th Jack and Chloe Adventure Cast. Um, so until next time, Maxwell, you got a, you got a fun fact that you can read for us? Yeah. Uh, as a boy, Jack Bauer interrogated his parents on Easter until they revealed the location and contents of each hidden egg. (laughs) Good night.